0: 7 of the Bibles that you have. So page 947, chapter 1, and it starts at verse 16. <clears throat> As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. But once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, good morning. For those of you that know me, you'll be aware that I've spent the majority of this year working for a charity that deals with the rehabilitation of ex-offenders, and that's to say, you know, men and women, but particularly men, who have done long stints in prison. And in a way, it was quite hardcore work. But there was one, to use H's phrase from last week, glimpse of heaven and one highlight of this eight month month period that will stay with me forever. And that was the, the, if you like, the tale of Vince. Now Vince was one of our success stories in a way because he had managed to get himself off drugs. He got himself a job. He had a reasonably steady relationship with his girlfriend. He had a home and a car. And it was a real shock when Vince went missing. And one week went by, and we thought, hey, I'm sure he's just having a bit of time out. By the two-week stage, we knew something was gone wrong. And suddenly, there was this sort of catalyst amongst the wider gang of ex-offenders. These ex-cons that were often um, governed by, by laziness, apathy, suddenly sparked... And about five or six of them formed, to use a military phrase, a sort of combat search and rescue team. It was like a hit squad. And they went out and scoured some of the rough estates around where we were working. And they managed to track Vince down to a crack den in Hackney. And they, they, they rescued him, basically. And they brought him back to the charity and there was this lovely sense of celebration. Poor Vince was emaciated, face was ravaged. He'd been on two weeks of literally a pure heroin diet without barely food or water. He could have died, and the likelihood is, had they not snatched him earlier, he would have been a goner. But there he was, this wonderful Jamaican guy with this broad, beaming grin. And he said, uh, this isn't 2008, folks. He said, this is 2000 and great. And people were fighting back the tears. It was a lovely moment. And so it's this theme of rescue that I want to touch on um, throughout today's spiel or sermon. And it's not my natural inclination towards a ripping good yarn. This is the sort of words or terminology that um, the Bible says of itself. Um, in the 8 o'clock today we had a reading from Colossians, which makes the point, Jesus, or Paul says in, the, in his letter to the Colossians, Jesus came um, so that we could be rescued from the dominion of darkness. And thank you. And one of the interesting points is uh, when we talk about kingdom, and Tim has been dwelling on kingdom throughout this series, the kingdom functional purpose has always been to save that which was lost or rescue that which needed restoring. And when we see in the, uh, the verses preceding uh, the, 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 the scriptures that Roz read, John the Baptist says the kingdom of God has come near. And in a way, in our mental imagination, we can see this is a sense of the world, the wheels Worrying. The God's rescue plan for the human race is initiating. And so when Jesus steps onto the scene with this compelling command to his disciples and uses phrases such as, you, you know, I've come to make you, uh, said again, I will send you out to fish for people, this same sense of rescue is clear. Now if you think about it, if you've ever been fishing, I haven't done that much, but if you ever go fishing and you pull a fish on the end of a hook out of a lake or the sea or a river, um, it dies. You're taking it from its natural habitat into fresh air or dry land, which is not where it's designed to be, and it dies. Now the reverse is true Human beings when we fish human beings out of water, they should be grateful i don 't know whether you 're a good swimmer. most people could probably hack twelve hours of treading water eventually you 're li- likely to drown now This is where the imagery is interesting. We as as followers of Jesus Christ are charged to fish people that are out of their natural habitat into the dry land and breathable air that God had intended intended them to be in. And so that is what we're in the business of doing, this rescue operation, hooking people out of their drowning situations into life, into the kingdom of God. Not necessarily dragging them into church. Church is a tributary or a, a subsection of the kingdom. But dragging them into and rescuing them into the kingdom of God. And so if we look at this passage, the great kind of blinding phrase that should capture our, our, our hearts is, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And in a way, there's a sort of two-edged part to it. Come follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. Now, I, I used to be in the army, so I'm used to um, taking orders and obeying commands, And we used to talk about something called followership, which was the opposite in a way of leadership. But you'd ask yourself, what is it about good leaders that I would follow? And then I'll inculcate that in my own style of command or leadership. Now, I remember we went out to uh, Afghanistan. I won't bore you with with war stories, but the guy in charge was fantastic. And there was something about this bloke, John Barrett, officer who just inspired absolute confidence and in a very literal way I and the guys below me entrusted our lives to him and I remember one of these Cockney blokes saying you know boss Colonel John I'd follow him, follow him at the ends of the earth and, and if, if we could say that about a human leader, how much more can we say that about Jesus when he calls us to follow him? You know, if we can follow a human leader to the ends of the earth, it's, it's not an easy, sorry, it's not a difficult step to have the same sense of conviction and passion to follow Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So there isn't a sense of followership, followership of Jesus, this entrusting our lives to him and submitting, obeying. And it's easy, more easily defined in a way, um, when Jesus said, come follow me, of what it's not. It's not some requirements to live by religious obligations. It's not a requirement you must come to church, um, that you must recite... trying to remember, what's it called? The T-D-M, three times uh, a day under a cold shower, or stack pew Bibles, or go to home group. No, it's not. It's simply, come follow me. And I remember Johnny talking about God blessing Jesus um, in the deserts. Jesus hadn't done anything by this stage. He was blessing and loving him for being in a relationship with him. And this is the whole point, you know, following someone, following Jesus, we're required just to submit and be in a relationship with with him. And so the second phase, Of this this wonderful phrase, uh, and I will send you out to fish for people. Um, Again, the onus is not on us trying to improve our our, our act, trying to sort of modify our behavior or, or, or be nicer, better people, but actually I will send you out. It's God's role. Jesus is working in us. Jesus provides the situations, offers the opportunities. And the interesting piece here, again, tying back to some of the other sermons we've heard, actually talking about the Holy Spirit indwelling us, you know, the character of Jesus Christ, the fruit of the Spirit, providing that, um, if you like, improvement, but via God's way, not not sort of in a self-made way. And my limited experience of trying to fish for, for fellow man or for, for people is that they are more impressed and more moved and taken and inspired to check Jesus Christ out by a wholesome character, by a loving nature, rather than a reasoned debate. I think it was Francis of Assisi that said, you know, evangelize to all men and women, and if necessary, use words, words to that effect. And often it's this idea that the Holy Spirit, the hope of glory in our hearts, changing us from the inside out, through prayer, through Bible study, through getting involved in the church. That makes people sit up and and, and notice us. And so the the other interesting point about this whole analogy or metaphor of fishing for people is that he was actually addressing this to fishermen, people who were people who were trained fishers they knew the nuances of catching fish with nets they were professionals and God or Jesus was asking them to carry on in the same vein using the giftings and the talents and the skills that they had learned or had been blessed with and this is the good news for us Um, we're not in the business of having to sort of suddenly revamp ourselves or learn a totally new different set of, of of techniques but instead we're using what we've God already blessed and energized by God to, to achieve this wonderful sort of kingdom function. And, and that, in a way, is why there's such a difference between kingdom and church. Church is where we come and get, um, you know, bigged up by the body, but the kingdom is where we spend the majority of our time. Whether in my case that's, you know, changing Alfie's nappy, or whether I'm at work um, dealing with the guys there, I'm using the skills that I've got for a kingdom function. And so one of the interesting things was, getting back to Vince's story, is that had I gone to a local women's institute and said, look, I've got a problem. One of our guys is sort um, of laid low and a cracked in and hacked me. Could you help me? They probably couldn't. But actually, the hit squad that went to get him consisted of guys who were almost perfectly made for that job. So you had people like Delroy, who was a former bodyguard. He busted the door down. You had Junior, who was a former heroin addict. He knew what to expect. You had Kareem, who was a, a guy who had been brought up in Hackney and knew where all the, the, the basement squats were that were used as, as crack dens. And then you had um, Phil, who was a car thief, and he nicked the car. And I'm not necessarily advocating stealing a car. But you get the picture. The point to take away, though, is that we all have um, experience. Experiences, uh, characteristics, unique attributes given to us by God that we can bring to bear in situations where quite simply others can't. So that's what I'm trying to sort of inculcate in us as we as we study this, this, this real nugget: that actually every single person here in a kingdom function has a specific trait that they can bring to bear. Okay. And that is the, the, the point of fishes, fishing for, um, for people. I started with a story, so uh, I'll end with one. But my folks live um, in North Cornwall, overlooking quite a wild estuary. And on the other side of the estuary, about a mile or so, as the gull flies, is a place called Hawkers Cove. Now, what connects my parents' headland to that cove is a spit of sand called the Dune Bar. And over history, this Dune Bar has been the nemesis of countless trading ships and even latterly uh, yachts and, and fun vessels. Now, the interesting thing is, is that 150 years ago, they built a lifeboat station on the opposite end of the doombar, so that ships that got in trouble could be rescued by the lifeboat. About 30, 40 years ago, that lifeboat station became a holiday home. And there's a danger in this, isn't there? The threat still exists, but people play it down. And sometimes, do you not think we can see church as a place we can go and have a breather? Oof put my legs up, a bit of peace and quiet, a bit of a sing-song, put the kids in the creche. And actually the doom bar is still there, the threat exists. And as a final extension of that, on an individual level, I used to watch Baywatch, and uh, it means many different things to many different people, Baywatch. But the key thing is, is that when I used to watch it, I was always entranced by the likes of David Hasselhoff or um, Pamela Anderson. Because there they would be with their binoculars, looking out to sea, or with a life-saving device, charging into the surf to rescue people that were drowning. What they weren't doing was sunbathing or putting sun cream on. So my prayer is for everybody here that as you leave this church building and head out back into the kingdom function that we're all called to, you would ask yourself, am I a lifesaver or a sunbather? Thanks for listening.
0: So refreshing to hear Chris speak. Let's just take a moment or two to chew over what he's brought. You might like to have the passage in front of you. That call from the Lord to the disciples: "Then I will make you uh, whatever it is in the New Version. I'll send you out to fish for people. I'll make you fishes of men, as we've traditionally known it." Think perhaps before we come to communion uh, of when we know ourselves to have been drowning. And someone fished us out, as it were. Someone helped us to hear the call of Christ on our lives. And as we seek to walk in his ways and hear his call sending us out to fish for others, who are there in the worlds in which we live? People whom we can walk alongside. A word in season, something that enables us to continue in the commands to the disciples. Is there maybe just one person on your heart in your worldview at the moment? As we come to celebrate Holy Communion together, uh, we invite everyone to come and take the, uh, the, the bread and the wine as a symbol of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, if you recognize that that sacrifice that Christ paid was for you, you've received the offer of new life. If you're not sure, actually, whether you know the Lord as... Uh, personal saviour then it's we'd love you to be part of us it's great that you're here uh, please do come up when everyone else comes up to receive uh, the wafer and the wine um, but just keep your hands hands down by your side and we'll know we'll just pray with you we'd love you to be with us, but we'd hate this to be a kind of thing of hypocrisy um, so uh, i'll leave that between you and the lord you'll know where you are in your walk with him Uh, As I say, there'll be some stewards who will just come and encourage us to come and receive the bread and the wine. Johnny and Arabella, uh, members of our church, they'll be with the the, um, cups here. I'll just be here with the pattern. And then there'll be one or two people, Piers and I think Alan and uh, maybe Ursula, will be available to the side here. And if you'd like someone to pray with you as you've come up to receive the bread and the wine, then please do take that opportunity. They'd love to stand with you and pray with you. Hear the Lord for you and with you. Let's stand together. The Lord is here, his spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. You are worthy of our thanks and